I'm Alex Crow. And I'm Steve Evans, and you're listening to the Talk of the Times. Today we are recording from outside Parliament House, the building where history and headlines are made, the last fortnight for all the wrong reasons. You can hear the thunder, that's the real thunder, but there's been thunder as well inside that building. In the midst of what should have been a week of celebration, as Australia rolled out the coronavirus vaccine, the government has been embroiled in controversy. The thunder has been descending. Former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins has made a formal complaint to the Australian Federal Police about an alleged rape that she says took place inside the then Defence Minister Linda Reynolds' office two years ago. A further two women have come forward with similar allegations about the same man and a fourth has alleged the same man stroked her thigh while they were in a bar in Canberra in 2017. Today, with the lawns being mowed and the thunder threatening, we've got Canberra Times federal politics reporter Sally White and Australian National University professor Mark Kenny, who's worked inside Parliament as the national affairs editor of the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age and the Canberra Times. Sally, what's the problem? There's massive issues around the culture of these offices and it's not necessarily a one-party thing. Staffers in these offices are expected to do it all for the love of the cause. They are expected to do amazing amounts of overtime, to never say no to their bosses and there is a massive power imbalance. They basically work in tiny small businesses of four or five people and they always have to say yes to whatever their bosses ask them and that culture has built up over decades and decades to the point where it's not surprising that someone would say I felt like I couldn't talk to the police about an alleged crime committed against me because it would be bad for the party of which I'm part of. In every other workplace in this land men know they can't do the kind of things which are alleged to have been done in this case. But let's move it broader. They know the culture. They know what cannot be done. Why is this place different? Good question. There's a culture here with massive power imbalances. There's a culture here where obviously there's a lot of don't ask, don't tell. A lot of people travel here to Canberra for their work in Parliament House and there's a bit of a what stays, what happens on tour stays on tour idea as well. I think all of those things are right, but uh, without wanting to be too clever about it, I do think the premise of the question, <laughs> I sound like a politician now, but I do think the premise of the question could do with some adjustment because I don't know that it's that dramatically different from other workplaces, other big workplaces. It's a professional workplace, and I think if you think about other professions, particularly medicine, uh, the law... We hear uh, of, of these things uh, happening from time to time. We know there have been scandals associated with uh, impropriety in residential colleges. This place is a hothouse. There's no gain saying that. And Sally's right. You know, the fact that people come here, the uh, loyalty that ministerial staff have to their ministers and uh, the sense that uh, you never do anything that could bring public opprobrium on the government, uh, these sorts of things mitigate against people speaking out. But what we're talking about here, and let's be clear about it, we're talking about an alleged crime of great significance. It's one thing for, uh, you know, for, to talk about um, an unhealthy place to work. And as Sally says, you know, people work extraordinarily long hours and they basically always say yes to their boss. But it's another thing to see as part of that continuum someone committing a rape, as has been alleged in this case. 
And Mark, you first were working here about 20 years ago within these walls. Has anything changed? I think there's more pressure here now than there used to be. My biggest concern about the way politics is transacted now, the way government runs, our position runs, is that, uh, and we've got some dramatic weather here, which is just adding to the atmosphere. <laughs> it's Wagnerian. Yeah, it's it exactly is. right. It is Wagnerian. Um, I, my, my biggest concern is, and I've spoken about this and written about this before, but it's the kind of professionalisation of politics. And with that, you've had the dramatic growth of the ministerial office. So there's just vastly more people. There are now more younger women working in politics than was the case in the past, which um, obviously increases the risk exposure. But uh, it's also just that sense that uh, everything in politics is now so professional and therefore anything that could be seen as a negative that could embarrass the government, the unspoken rule is that you don't speak about it. And uh, that's, that's where we get to situations like this. quite impressive. I wanted to pick up on a point that Mark made there around there are more women in this workplace now and I think that it's important when we talk about the culture in this place and talk about things like sexism and exploitation it's not as simple as saying oh we just need more women because the number of women has grown, the number of young women especially has grown but the culture has not changed. It's definitely still a boys club and definitely still there's a matiness about it and you have to be sort of in that group and that is still a culture that can exclude and a culture that can discourage people from challenging many elements of that culture. One thing that has changed, I mean it's a long time since I worked in a parliament but drink was absolutely essential. In Westminster it's... you can almost fall over the bars or you used to but that's not the case now. So drink though it was involved in these particular cases, may not be the factor it used to be. Am I right? Alcohol does still play a role. There are particular bars and venues that on Tuesday and Wednesday nights in this city are full of people that do not live here and that are only in town for sitting weeks. And these are people who work hard and play hard. And that also leads to a culture where the line between work and not work is incredibly blurred in this place. There's a kind of an atmosphere here of uh, you know people being away from home and of it having its own sort of internal rules. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, Scott Morrison made popular. You say Scott Morrison and the gods roll. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Uh, but Scott Morrison made uh, famous, of course, the, uh, the concept of the Canberra bubble back before the 2019 election, you know, talking about in a pejorative sense about our fair city. But the bubble is really, it's not Canberra, it's the sort of Parliament House community and um, a lot of which doesn't actually live here but which fly in, fly out. Let's be honest, some social dysfunctions. And this place feels like the place to be. This is where the action happens. You can imagine the adrenaline and the egos even before the alcohol gets there. These are driven people who think the rules don't normally apply to them. Not necessarily that the rules don't normally apply to them. I wanted to pick up on... We talk about always saying yes to the minister and doing everything for the job. One thing that Brittany... Thanks, All right, I think this is it. Yes. I actually don't think... I think we should go... On that note, we are going to move 100 metres under some canopy before we get thrashed by the gods. Yeah. 
Yeah, the best thing for us at the moment is those flag poles. We're actually, yes. when you think of it, standing out here. Quite exposed. Yeah. Let's go under there and finish it off. So, we've moved out of danger. <laughs> But the gods still speak, but we're under the canopy right in the front of Parliament House, and we will continue undaunted by the gods. Sally, I'm curious to know, with all of the attention that's been brought on to the issue that has clearly been happening for a long time here in Parliament House, is anything likely to change, and what would that take? There's two big things that need to change in this place. One is the culture of the political parties themselves and the second is the processes around and the actual structures in this place. One thing that I think is important in this story is that Linda Reynolds, who was the minister at the time, is that in, at times it does seem like she really tried to do the right thing but she had absolutely no structure to fall back on to work out what exactly the right thing was to do. So the first thing is that structure... got a really good view of that lightning and I could tell it was coming. Um, the, structures, the structures need to change. That's probably the easy bit. After that, the culture needs to change and that will take a very long time and will be a constant project. It will never be finished. Mark, in a way, this question should be addressed to us. How does the male culture change? It is a, a challenge for politics. It's a challenge for our conception of power to see it done differently but I think what we've seen through this uh, allegation and associated ones is that uh, and the reaction to it is that there's a very strong public appetite for change that will not be lost on politicians. Professor Mark Kenny of the ANU and the Democracy Sausage podcast thank you very much and Sally White and the gods for the most amazing thunderstorm I've ever witnessed. And thank you for listening to Talk of the Times. I'm Alex Crow. And I'm Steve Evans. Listen again.